Welcome to the Coach Bo Knows Podcast on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the undisclosed location of the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. You can check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at oagks.com. You can interact with the show on Facebook. Just search Coach Bo Knows. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Coach Bo Knows Show. Uh, you can also email us at Coach Bo Knows Show at gmail.com. And this is episode 3.5, the point five this week. Uh, full disclosure, folks, I'm recording this on Thursday, and we had something last night, myself, uh, Ellen Winginter, who is token girl in our fantasy football league, uh, DJ Corey Eaton, we all did a recording last night, and it was just jarbled. We had some, some technical issues with it. Couldn't get that out there to everybody. We had some fun, really just kind of chopping it up, having a great time. And unfortunately, it just wasn't savable. Uh, we had a problem on the playback. So my apologies. We couldn't get everybody back together and try for a second round. So today's going to be kind of a, a Coach Bo uh, rants kind of show. I'm going to talk about a couple things real quick. And uh, then we're going to bring in Tyler Jones uh, from the Tyler Jones uh, from the Jones Report. He's going to come on for a few minutes. We're going to talk some fantasy football, some football, just uh, kind of flip flop it. Usually, I'm on his show uh, doing my thing. Well, instead, I'm going to have him come over and do some do a few minutes with us, and we'll have some fun with it. So, uh, hey, let's get to the rants. What's going on in sports today? So, like I said, as we're doing this right now, it is Thursday night. This is going to release on Friday. Right now, the Giants are playing Washington football team. I'm not going to sit there and talk about this game. I'm going to stay on what happened in the last week. Uh, last week, we had uh, the great game Thursday night that we talked about on uh, Monday's pod. Uh, we also we took sorry, last Friday on the 2.5. And then over the week, we had, uh, I want to talk about what happened over the weekend. So we had a really great Chiefs-Browns game. I have some thoughts on that. I think the Chiefs are the favorite as far as, you know, overall, who's going to win the Super Bowl. I think the Chiefs are obviously the favorite, and I think they showed it this past week. Hear me out. Don't think I'm crazy because you might say, well, the Browns outplayed them for three quarters. Yes, but not really at the same time. What I noticed is that the Chiefs, one thing they do outstanding is they never punt. They always get points on the board. If they don't score a touchdown, well, damn it, they're going to get they're going to get a field goal. They're going to always have something, and they make it impossible for you to outscore them. I think that's the biggest Achilles heel that teams are going to have trying to knock the Chiefs off as the favorites, is that they're going to try to outscore them. That's clearly what Cleveland wants to do. It's clearly what Buffalo is going to want to do. Even Tennessee, who I think matches up with how they run the ball and play defense is a little worried about that now, given that they went and got Julio Jones. So I think it's the bad recipe. What we've noticed in the teams that have beaten the Chiefs the last couple of years is that they've got a good defense and they've stopped the Chiefs. They haven't worried about trying to outscore them. They've actually tried to stop them. And I think that's the mindset teams that are going to be successful are going to have to have. They're going to have to have the mindset of, we're going to stop you. Now, it's not likely that teams will be able to do that, frankly. But that, I believe, is the mindset you must have. Not, 
Well, we'll score a bunch of points as well, and then we'll see who can how the coin flips at the end. I think that's what a lot of these teams are trying to do. I think it's a huge mistake. So look forward to that. Look and see that as the year develops. I just felt in watching that game, I felt that's what Cleveland was really trying to do. They were trying to outscore the Chiefs and not defeat the Chiefs. And that's just one man's take. Um, Monday night game. Monday night game was exciting. We have never seen the ending of a game quite like that. So Ravens, Raiders, if you haven't heard already, I'll break it down quick for you. Ravens and Raiders, the lead changes three times in the fourth quarter. The the Raiders kick a field goal, a 55-yard field goal, as time expires to go to overtime. They win the toss. They they get the ball. If you go to the rule, if you go straight down and score a touchdown, you win the game. The Raiders, big play, boom, touchdown. Unfortunately, with review, there was a booth review, and the receiver was down inside the one-yard line. So, okay, now you got first down at the goal line. The Raiders try to run the ball. It's stuffed. Second down, they run a little play action. They did, I'm sorry, second down, they did a penalty. Then second down, a play action and an interception. Well, damn. Now, if you didn't, didn't know what happened at the end of regulation, everybody came on the field. Both teams thought the game was over. Now the Raiders have not only not won the game, but they just lost, basically, they, they think they've lost the game. They're playing like they've lost the game. They are doing everything they can. Their heads are all down. Oh, my God, woe is me. And then three plays later, Raiders defense, Carl Nassib goes in and forces a fumble of Lamar Jackson. Raiders get the ball back. But we're not done with dramatics yet. So the Raiders come out first down. They run a running play. They're in field goal range. But there's four minutes left in the, in the overtime. And you know if you miss the field goal, the other team gets the ball automatically, no matter what down it's on. So the Raiders come out. They decide to run up a run play on first down. And then John Gruden thinks, well, I'm going to go ahead and kick it. I'm going to go ahead and make the kick. The next score wins. Let's just try to get it over with. Unfortunately, someone didn't tell the kicker to go out to the field. So we got the entire kicking team out, except for the kicker, who comes running on the field with three seconds on the play clock. Of course, he doesn't get set. The Raiders were out of timeouts, and now you have a five-yard penalty. So now Gruden's just angry. We've got a five-yard penalty. We're at second and 15, and so what do you do? Well, they decide to put the offense back on the field, run a little pick play, and whammy, wide receiver, wide open, with two guys' hands in his face, uh, Derek Carr gets the ball out, a wing and a prayer, boom, guys wide open, touchdown, Raiders win. So the conclusion we thought we got at the end, uh, the beginning of overtime, we actually got there. Uh, it was a great game, kind of a freaky game like that, but it's a lot of fun, I think. I think week one of the NFL is great. So uh, that's something I wanted to bring up. What a rant. I got two more sports rants. Neither of them are football. So there are two things where people are missing out there. And one of them's local. I'm going to get to that last. First, if you are not watching, Major League Baseball has about 15 games left in the season. And there is a three-way tie, as we record this, for the American League wildcard, for the two wildcard spots. Which means that two out of those three teams are going to make the wildcard and make the playoffs. One's not. And they are all three in the same division. 
Toronto Blue Jays have come from way back, caught both the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. Now, with 14, uh, Red Sox have 14 games to play. The Yankees and the Blue Jays are both playing tonight. So they'll have 14 after tonight. The Red Sox do not play the Blue Jays the rest of the way. Of the 14 games, the Yankees and the Jays play seven times. And the Yankees play the Red Sox three times. So, in a way, the Rays and the Yankees kind of control their own destiny. Win the games against your division opponents, you can get in. I still like the Red Sox. Um, I'm a little bit of a homer here. But look at their schedule. They've got three against Tampa, but then they've got mostly people under 500 from there. And the three games with the Jays could be the difference. Or three games with the Yankees could be the difference in who gets in and who doesn't. Uh, but keep an eye on that. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to come down to those last couple of days, which normally in baseball is kind of slow and not worth it. But I think we're going to see some important stuff happen there. And luckily, those, two, those three teams all control their own destiny. They're not tied to somebody else winning. Last little piece here, and then I'm going to bring in Tyler here in a couple of minutes. But the last piece I've got is something that's going on locally here in the Kansas City area, here in Lawrence. and Or not in Lawrence, we're in Lawrence but here in the Kansas City area. If you're not paying attention, are you enjoying what Salvador Perez is doing this season? I'll say that again. Do you know what Salvador Perez is doing this season? Salvador Perez on Wednesday hit his 45th home run. And to keep that in mind, the record, the single season record for all catchers in Major League Baseball history is 45 by Johnny Bench, Hall of Famer. Salvador Perez is having the best year of his career. He's in his late 30s now. He's, I mean, he's getting near the end of his career. Legitly, Salvi's probably only got you know, two to three good years left in him. But I think this season's the key, and I'll tell you why. Salvador Perez, the, Red, the Royals, already won the World Series. He's got that ring already. He has been the consummate professional. He's been the best player in the American League at his position. For his entire generation. Uh, the 12-time All-Star, I mean, just a ridiculous number. You can argue between him and Yadier Molina who the best catcher of the generation is. I don't think people understand here in Kansas City that Salvador Perez is a Hall of Famer. I say that again. Salvador Perez will be the second Royal to make the Hall of Fame. And I think it's a no-brainer. I think he and Molina are the best two players in a generation as catchers. And I think that they are really in the argument with you know, the benches, the fists, and those guys at the top. So look, with two weeks left, if you're local here, you live in Kansas City, go to a Royals game, and when a Saudi comes up, cheer. Cheer and scream your ass off for him, because that's a guy who's out there playing it out. He's playing every day. He's just playing his ass off on a team that's in last place, who's so young, and he's trying to lead the leader for everybody. I think it's really important that people here locally Show Salvador Perez the love he deserves, the respect he deserves. This guy is universally respected and liked in the American League and in all of Major League Baseball. Um, I think he's a, I think he's a shoe-in Hall of Famer, and I think that we just don't appreciate that. I think so much in life we don't appreciate what we've got until it's not there. And, man, if you're out there and you're listening, just appreciate what you've got and, and, and cheer on Salvador Perez here in these last couple of weeks as the Royals play off the string. Well, that's my rants for this week. I'm going to come back in a few minutes. We're going to have Tyler Jones 
the Jones Report, the uh, godfather of the Studio Soapbox Network. And uh, we'll talk a little football, fantasy football, and then uh, we'll take it home on the uh, uh, Coach Bo Rance version, uh, episode 3.5. Thanks. Hey, I'm pleased now to join, have joining me uh, the godfather of the Studio Soapbox Network. How oh, you got made him giggle. <laughs> Tyler Jones is going to come in from the Jones Report. And uh, I, I mentioned earlier we had a little kerfluffle with some of the audio and the audio having some issues in the playback. So kind of good winging this thing. And I thought, well, let's bring the godfather in and let's uh, talk a little football like we do when I'm on his show. I'm the godfather, but yet I'm like the backup to the backup plan. <laughs> what kind of godfather is that? You know, uh, I, you know, we, we don't want to bother the godfather until it's an emergency, you know. You know, <laughs> we just don't want to. We, we know you're a busy man over there. Hey, tell, tell my I'll, list. I'll tell you this much. Uh, when you hit me up, I was laying on my couch with my shirt off, and I'm like, well, I guess I better put a shirt on if I'm going to well, be on the phone. You could have just gone no video. <laughs> For those of you listening, we do this on Zoom. So that's we get to see each other. I like being able to see who I'm talking to. Um, hey, Tyler, tell everybody, because I know a lot of people who, who are part of the podcast, who listen to the podcast. I mean, I know you, but they may not know you. So tell me, tell me everybody a little about your background and we, we, we'll talk a little bit about how we got started together, but tell me about where you're at now in Omaha. I think what you're doing is a great deal. So go on. Tell me about that a little bit. Well, Bo, uh, I have uh, been in Omaha now since January. I'm working for uh, Great Television for their new national news network, Local News Live. And we're working with about 100 different TV stations from coast to coast. And the goal of our station is to take local news and make it national and work with all gray stations around the country. They're continuing to grow uh, piece by piece. They just bought out Meredith and uh, we're going to have new stations in Kansas city and Phoenix and elsewhere to kind of already add upon to your market there of WIBW and Topeka and Wichita and elsewhere. I mean, uh, it's just been terrific to be a part of this to work for corporate uh, here in Omaha and uh, you know, as an anchor and producer and, and, uh, you know, but my background before all that, before I came to uh, local news live in January was uh, in the audio world. And uh, I started the uh, Jones report, the uh, flagship program of the studio soapbox network uh, about 10 years ago now. And that show, you know, really took off and, and I've uh, been doing that show every week ever since. And uh, that led me to be working at KLWN while I was in college. And uh, you started as a producer there and working on the weekends and such and uh, did a morning show for about two and a half, three years. And and I uh, had a lot of fun doing that. And so, uh, you know, I went to Haskell and I went to KU, of course, as well. And so uh, Lawrence, uh, you know, I, I always say, you know, Tulsa is my home. You know, that's where I'm from. But I grew up in Lawrence, if that makes sense. That's very and, much how I'm becoming. You know, yeah. Louisiana is where I'm from and where I, I still call it home. It's going home when I go there. But right. Lawrence, I've been here 20 years now. And I, I'm beginning to think of this as my home now. And I yeah. Really... And, you know, I, I'm a much different, I would like to think, a much better man from when I showed up in Lawrence to when I left. And <laughs> uh, and so that's kind of my background is, uh, you know, it, it's always been in TV and, and, and in the audio platforms, whether it's radio or podcasting and and uh, always tried to be on the cutting edge of some sorts, try to get ahead of the curve. And one of the things that we're doing with that Bo's a part of where this show comes from is 
the Studio Soapbox Podcast Network. Uh, for years, uh, we ran the Jones Report and any other entities that we were doing under the Tyler Jones Media Media Group banner. And uh, you know, I, I realized, you know, hey, we, we want to do more, make this bigger than myself. And so back in December, we brought in NASCAR driver David Starr to do a weekly NASCAR show, and that's really taken off. Let's go racing and and then uh, we bring in Bo, who's been on my show regularly for the last year or so to get this show started. And and uh, actually, it's funny that uh, before you and I started tonight, Bo, uh, I, I won't give out too many details yet, but we just secured something big of another new show that we'll be launching soon. Very and, cool. Uh, we'll, we'll roll out those details in the coming weeks, but uh, this, is good, this is one of my favorite projects yet to be part of this. So... Growing and expanding all the time, you know, for, for me and my future, where I want to go in this business, Bo, you know, my goals are not only, you know, to uh, cover and be a part of the biggest events out there, uh, you know, whether it be news and sports, but on the entrepreneurial side, you know, I, I want to go as far as I can to create my own content and be my own man, but I want to bring as many people as I can along the way and help them get to the top as well. Yeah, so you're the you're the levitard of this group, is what I like to say. Yes, <laughs> you're, you're definitely the levitard. I try to get your Stu Gotts to be on here today, and we just can't figure out what's going on with Stu Gotts. I mean, uh, Thomas, Thomas is uh, well. Remember when he went to Mexico? Right now, remember when he went to Mexico and yeah. uh, you you said uh, I hope he's being safe, and I said you can guarantee he's not being safe. Yeah. And then within about an hour or so, I get a, a picture text on my phone of him with like uh you know blood coming out of his head or whatever yeah. so yeah when, when tom goes on vacation of some sorts i kind of leave him do his own thing just come back in one piece you know let's make sure we can still do a show yeah. next week and, yeah. and just let him be but i'm sure he's having a good time yeah i'm sure he is. he's over in, in uh boise at the oklahoma state boise state game tomorrow on uh, saturday so uh we're, i was hoping that he'd be my correspondent for the game but uh we've had uh we've had numerous issues getting together today uh, that's okay. You must enjoy your vacation. Not bother me. Not, not have me bother you the whole time. Hey, I want to talk a little bit about a couple things. First off, Monday Night Football. I know we watched, we, we talked on your show about this a little bit. What did you think of the whole Manning broadcast? I thought it was phenomenal. Um, I really enjoyed it. And the thing that I took away, what made it work from the jump was the chemistry. Yeah. You can't fake chemistry. And some most of the time, chemistry can be developed, but it takes time. It's you know not an overnight thing. You know, there's in, in my job, for example, there are some people I work with that I have great chemistry with, but it didn't happen overnight. You know, it took time to get there. Yeah. But you know, when there, there's certain people I work with that can finish my sentences and it's spectacular and it's great. Um, and you know, that's, that's come over time of working together and learning how we work and such with the Manning brothers where ESPN was so smart in hiring them for this new thing, this whole idea of, you know, Hey, it's not traditional play-by-play -play and color commentary, but that you're going to have two people sit together and react to a game as if they're hanging out with you at the bar that they were able to find brothers with chemistry like that from the get-go yeah i know yeah. peyton's the star of this but eli was just as good i think so too i think you see the different brothers personalities come out 
Peyton is clearly the signal caller. But every time Eli said something, it was like it was important. Yes. And it was it added something. I thought it was fantastic myself. I, I was going to get to it in the rants earlier, and I thought, well, I'll hold that one back. So I knew how you felt about it, and I 100% agree. I thought it was a fantastic way of watching a game. Here's what's going to happen, ultimately, when this is all said and done. Um, these guys are too good to just be hanging out on ESPN2. Um, after this year or maybe even after next year, whatever it may be, there is going to be a big change. Either these two are going to make their way into, you know, one of the lead broadcast booths together, or this broadcast itself is going to be the main broadcast somewhere. Um, I felt so optimistic after that first one. And I'll be honest here, you know, and and I'm not trying to take a shot at the worldwide leader, but um, Monday Night Football has been disappointing for about four or five years. Ever since Gruden left, it is not – they have not given us a quality product that was worth the platform of Monday Night Football. Uh, Monday Night Football is, in theory, supposed to be the premier game of the week. It is the longest-running show in prime time. And since Gruden left, we have not been given – a broadcasting product that should fit the standard of Monday night football, whether it was Jason Witten or the booger mobile or uh, you know, even Brian Greasy's not that great. I like Lewis Riddick. I think Lewis Riddick's a good analyst, but we have not been given that uh, quality product. And this was the first time this Manning broadcast was the first time in years that I've sat there and said, okay, this is a product that's worthy of the Monday night stage. So I, I agree with you, but I think here, uh, you're talking about the different ways it could go. I, I agree that this could be something like that. Do you think, let's still kind of still jump, but we'll, we'll get to this in a second. I agree with you. I think the problem is, I don't think Peyton or Eli are going to want to work every week with a straight play-by-play man, unless they separate. Like I can see Eli working with a play-by-play guy. But Peyton's going to upstage anybody. So I think, and it goes to where my next point was going to be, is I think one of the reasons that since John Gruden left uh, ESPN and left Monday Night Football to coach the Raiders, I think that ESPN had all their eggs in the we're going to go get Peyton Manning basket and make him the announcer on Monday Night Football. And he's turned them down three times in the, you know, the last three years. And well, I think that's really what they tried to do. He turned down actually everybody. He turned down yeah. NBC, CBS, yeah, I mean, Fox, yeah. he doesn't want to do it. Right. And, and I know that they're not going to call all games, I understand, on Monday nights because – Ten games. They're going to call ten. Yeah, they didn't want to call Eli's old team, the Peyton's old teams, something like that. Is that – have you heard of the same ten things? out of the uh, 16, 17 16. Monday nights. 17 yeah. is by week. Okay, yeah. It was 18 weeks of the season. So, yeah, you don't have an 18 – week 18 Monday night game. So, yeah, I – I liked it a lot. I I do think both of them would make really good analysts, straight analysts. But I don't think we would see those two together in that broadcast be the number one broadcast. And hear me out. We talked a little about this on your show. Is I think the thing that's great about it is that that how the way they they make the game casual. Yes. So you can miss a couple of plays. You know, if you're sitting there with your girlfriend or your wife or whomever. You know, or that buddy who doesn't watch a lot of football, and he, 
you can say, well, here's the big play coming, and they know when to lay out where's the big play coming. But then they know they got the little interview, they got the little part they're putting in to make the kind of speed the game up a little bit as you're watching. Um, I think that the casual fan will like that a lot. But I think if you're a fan of the team playing, it's going to get in the way. And I think that's going to be a problem for the being, being the premier uh, broadcast. You know, if, if you are a if you were a Ravens fan or a Raiders fan, you would not want to watch the game that way on Monday night. Well, think about this. We've seen a lot of these players only broadcasts in the NBA and such, yeah. and it's kind of been that feel and it's never felt right. Now, none of these players-only broadcasts were to this, the quality of Peyton and Eli of sorts. That's where this is different, is that it's these two that are so good, and we're naturals right into this. I think this is only going to get better from this point. I mean, that was week one. I mean, I was reading an article uh, in The Athletic this week that uh, – uh, the coordinating producer uh, told Peyton Manning at halftime, said, hey, focus on the X's and O's. Too much of the sideshow and such. Focus oh. on what's going on on the field. And in the second half, there was a whole lot more focus. Peyton there listened. was. There he was. And I thought that Russell did what was asked. He, even though it's his production company and everything, his bosses said, hey, Focus more on the game, and he listened. And it was a much better broadcast in the second half. They're only going to go up from here. Yeah, I, I don't disagree at all. I, I think that, and I think my only thing would be I don't know if it'll be the number one broadcast, but it's going to be highly rated. Every time it's on, it's going to be appointment viewing. I know that I'll watch it every time it's on, unless it's the Saints game. <laughs> yeah, yeah that I'm watching the regular broadcast because I don't want it taken away. I don't want the interview when they bring in. And I bet they did a great job with that. I mean, they had Charles Barkley in the beginning and then well, they Lewis. And then think about I this the too. second half were better. I thought that Kelsey if, and Russell Wilson were much better. If you're at a party and you're hanging out with friends, um, you're probably going to want to keep the traditional broadcast on because you yes. can keep it down or you can talk over it or whatever. I mean, it would the the Manning broadcast is almost as much about the Mannings as it is the game itself. I agree. And that's why I don't think it'd be the number one, but I do think it's really fun. And it might end up outrating the, the, the regular broadcast at some point. Well, not quite. The The numbers show that there was about 800,000 viewers of the Manning broadcast oh, okay. yeah. compared to about 14 million yeah, viewers quite the a Manning bit. broadcast. And then you got to think that, like you said earlier, it's going to be you know, every bar that's on ESPN, it's going to be on ESPN, not ESPN2. Right. So, yeah, that's going to make a lot of eyes. I would like to see them – and I understand that it might not make their main announcing team happy of, of you know Levy and Greasy and Riddick because they've been told they're the A team and such. But I want to see what would happen if ESPN says, all right, you know what? For this game, we're going to put you guys on ESPN and we're going to put the uh, traditional broadcast in ESPN too and see how people react. Yeah. You know, they might do that at some point. They got to they gotta know what it would look like when on the main ESPN. They got to give it a try to see what that number would look like. Right. Yeah. All right. Hey, um, so just because you haven't been on yet, we do have to uh, talk about fantasy football because you were in our league. You had a big victory week one. You were the second, were you the second highest scoring team. I mean, you, you put an ass kicking on uh, DJ Corey, who 
you know, frankly deserved it. So yeah, I heard. I said, I told you, I came to win. You you came to play. You won. I lost week one. I lost because I wasn't paying attention and did not know that Odell Beckham wasn't going to play. Which I, I have still a, can't I, believe you wasted a shit pick on Justice Hill. Well, it was a click. That was a click issue. That was that was that was a mistake with the clicker. You're showing your age right there. Well, I I was trying to run the the, the draft the broadcast. Oh yeah, a sure. misclick's going to happen. I'm not sure. as experienced as some people are. Okay. I mean, I know that you're the point guard. I mean, we've called games together. I've seen what you can do. Okay. You know, I'm just an old guy looking at the game and going, well, I think you're going to do this. So, <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So you're, you're, you're tied for first. I mean, you're actually in second place points, but I mean, it's week one. So right. what are your expectations on this league? You, you said you came to win. This is going to be a, the TD Jones. Um, uh, you got to run the, what you got to run the whole show here? Oh, you, you know, it. Um, I wasn't happy. I ended up with the sixth pick in the draft. I was hoping I would be either at the very top or at the end of the first round. You know, that's kind of like the worst spot to be. But you know what? I may do. Yeah. And, you know, my, my strategy, by the way, folks, uh, I did not take a second quarterback. And I've been told that Yahoo and their grades wise, because they value if you pick up players that are worth a lot of points late in the draft yeah. that it escalates your draft grade. So because I didn't draft second quarterback, that hurt my grade by like a letter grade. So yeah, I had I like did the same B, thing. So I had like a B minus, really I had an A minus draft in actuality. Um, but I ended up with like pretty much the entire NFC West with Russell Wilson, Debo Samuel, Cooper Cup, um, Tyler Lockett, Chase Edmonds, yeah. DeAndre Hopkins. And then was able to get some other dudes, you know, like, uh, you know, Nick Chubb and, uh, you know, Cole Komet and, and uh, Kenny Galladay and others. So, you know, I, I got a good team that I've assembled and yeah. I feel good about what uh, the product that we're putting together. I mean, these guys are playing hard every week. You know, they're putting their, their, their best on the line. You know, they, they know what they're doing, representing the TD Jones team, you know, each week. And, you know, I, I try to tell them, you know, each week, you know, like guys, you know, we're, we're not, focused on the last week we're looking at the week ahead you know and we're going to do everything we can to knock our opponent in the mouth and show them what's up you know and so that's my speech to these guys and you know we'll see how they listen so, so you're like me you speak to your team i mean because i spoke to my team this week i've already cut two players um you know one was <laughs> because of a misclick and then one is i had a player going ir so um yeah but so i i'm gonna have to have a chat we're gonna bring in odell beckham we're gonna have a chat this week and say look you knew you weren't going to play last week. You just didn't want it in the – they just didn't want it, the, the Browns didn't, in the injury report for the Saint, for the Chiefs to know about it. Right. So they can Mike, game plan it. Mike Gisecki, tight end. And we know that now because guess who's already out this week? Odell Beckham. Right. Well, Mike Gisecki. Clearly they did that on purpose. Tight end for the Dolphins. Yeah. He, uh, you know, he, he skunked last week. I, I didn't get anything out of him. He got benched. You know, Cole Komet yeah. is in my lineup this week. Yeah, I, I, I said Odell Beckham, but I replaced him with a good LSU boy. I brought in Jamar Chase. You know, if you got to take one LSU guy out, you got to put an LSU guy in, especially right. at a skill position, you know, especially if it's going to be a wide receiver. I mean, why wouldn't you want just a bunch of LSU guys in those cases? Right. You know, exactly. but I'm going to take the future MVP of this league, Joe Burrow, a bunch of LSU guys, and we're going to win a championship. Call me the new coach up. 
Okay. Yeah. Which also, that's gonna okay, we're gonna take that as our little transition here. You and I were texting earlier today about the USC job. So what do you think? Make a prediction to me. Who's going to win the USC job? Who gets that job? Um, well, the guy that I think let, – let me put it this way. The guy that they should hire that I think they would have a realistic chance to get that would be the best realistic chance, I, I say, is former Washington and Boise State coach Chris Peterson. Okay. Um, Chris Peterson took Washington to the playoff. Um, you know, that was unheard of for that program to get to those heights. We know about what he did at Boise State um, with that program and such. I think he is the best available, realistic hire that they could make. And it's a guy that's won on the West Coast that knows how to recruit out there. Um, and I know that he retired a couple of years ago, but he's still in his mid-50s. Yeah, and you he's working get, at the University of Washington still. Yeah, he's like an advisor, and he's yeah. working for Fox um so he's already traveling to los angeles every weekend to work for fox um i mean realistically if you got 10 years out of chris peterson where he took you to the playoffs multiple times in that stretch and you won some pac-12 titles you would be more than pleased and there's no reason why chris peterson couldn't get that done Uh, it's it's hard to imagine hard to say for any coach you know this guy is going to be the one that gets this team back to the promised land and winning the national championship. But I would be hard pressed to think that Chris Peterson wouldn't find a way to get USC in the playoff in his tenure. I could, I would pretty much guarantee Chris Peterson could take USC in a four team format, let alone what we'll see in the 12 team format. I would be, I would guarantee he could get him to the playoff at least twice in a, in a 10 year stretch. I, uh, I think he's the guy. I mean, they're looking at him. I think uh, Cristobal from uh, uh, Oregon are the two guys they want to look at the closest. Cristobal, yeah. Yeah, we're going to hear all this um, um, Eric Bieniemy stuff. We've already heard it. I don't think he wants any part of that job. I think this is another made-up Adam Schefter deal. Yeah, um, I will say there are Adam, the, fake, the fake news of the NFL, Adam Schefter. There are a few college jobs that are just as good, if not better, than NFL jobs, and USC is one of those jobs. Well, um, I, I agree so, with that. I, I think it's a top six or seven job. Yes. Um, with that being said, I don't know the enemy's interest if USC is something that he wants to go after, if that's the type of direction he wants to go. Um, and – I will say, I think the enemy is going to be a great NFL head coach one of these days. Um, if you want to talk about fake news or people just throwing, you know, you know, stuff against the wall, see what sticks. Doug Gottlieb today tried saying that the reason why that the enemy hasn't gotten a job is because of his checkered past when he was a player at Colorado. Yeah, that was before I was even born, Bo. Yeah, so I understand that, and and and. I first off, I don't consider Doug Gottlieb media. He's just a he's just a guy who, yeah. And I love how he'll talk about everybody else's past, but if you bring up, you know, stealing credit cards at Notre Dame, he shames you for it. So right. screw Doug Gottlieb. Um, yes, very uninteresting radio guy. I just every time I've heard him, I just turn him off. I'd rather listen to Static than Doug Gottlieb. <laughs> um, you know, my whole thing on the Adam Schefter thing is that I think he made up. Like I think I made it. I think he made up the Aaron Rodgers stuff on draft day. 
Yeah. You know, he, he took three or four things he heard and said, oh, I'm going to break this on draft day. I think he did the same thing here because uh, the enemy's already said he's not going to listen right now. He's focused on the season. I think that's legit. I think the enemy's going to be a great head coach. I think he's going to get one of the top jobs. I think he's going to be – I'll tell you where I said this to somebody earlier today. You know what I'd be the best fit with Eric Bieniemy be right now? Dallas. Yeah. Dak Prescott and Eric Bieniemy. I wouldn't wish working for Jerry Jones on anybody. That, that's true. I see that. And I don't think Jerry Jones would make that higher. But if he wanted to, if you could see what's the just a player football, looking at just that piece, that would not, there's not a better combination. I'll tell you this. An athletic quarterback with a good arm who can run the football as well. Man, Eric Bieniemy can just be thinking of stuff. And I don't you know think he's taking a college job just because he's, he turned out his alma mater a couple of years. He's going to turn him up. Well, Colorado's not a very good job either. Yeah, but if you're going to go to college from the NFL and it's the only place you've ever coached in college, he's never coached anywhere else in college except at Colorado. So if he's going to coach anywhere else, in, if he's going to ever go back to college, he's going to be to his alma mater. I, I disagree because uh, Colorado is such a, a mess. Well, uh, I, I don't think I see. I don't think he'd go back now. I don't think he'd go to either. I don't think he would do any school. I want to rule out him going to college, but I don't think him, you know, turning down Colorado means anything as far as if he would turn down USC or not. I, I, I think that's well, compared out. I don't think he's even going to get offered to USC. Um, but as far as the Cowboys' job goes, um, a, a couple months back, I was at the facility, the Star in Frisco. Yeah. the new Cowboys practice facility where they have the, the mall and yeah. restaurants and all that. And we saw it on hard of course, they got yeah. Jerry World, of course, you know, down the road in Arlington and all that. The day that Jerry finally retires and turn things over to Stephen, because I think Stephen's a very good football mind, and Stephen's yeah. not going to run things like his dad did. Stephen's going to hire a real GM and, you know, real scouts and such like that. When Stephen Jones becomes the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, that will be the best job in football because they have everything and it's better than anyone else and they are America's team. Yeah, I would not wish that job upon anybody to take as long as Jerry is there, but once Stephen takes over, there's going to be a line, you know, a mile long of people that will want that job uh, that would leave every job for that job. Yeah, I don't disagree with you there. And I think that, I think it's a good job with Jerry just because it is Dallas. It is the Cowboys. Right. But, but it will be the best job. But it will Steven be the best Rick. job. But yeah, it'll be the most, it'll be the, the job you'd want the most. Um, yeah. I wanted to ask about that. I do have a long shot on the USC thing. I have two. Uh, what do you know about BYU's coach? Uh, I don't know a whole lot to be honest, uh, but I, I did like what I saw from them last year. And they're off to yeah. a good start to uh, 2021. They um, you know he's he's uh he's beaten plenty of top five um uh, uh power five conference teams. Just beat Utah. He went eleven and one last year. It was nine and one last? They, they only lost one game last year. They played. Yeah. They played. Yeah, they played lost to Coastal Carolina. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and I think that the other thing I think about that is you know he had Zach Wilson and improved him in his draft stock, and I think that would mean something going to USC where you want to always have that big name quarterback. Um, I just, I don't know. I think that I hate to say it like this, but I think his ethnicity, you know, he's Tongan. I think that's going to fight against him a little bit. 
and getting a big a big job like USC, but I do think he'd be a worthy candidate, someone to keep an eye on. What do you well, mean? you bring that up, and I mean the only reason why Coach O is not the head coach of USC right now is because of his Cajun accent. Yeah, I, that was the other piece I was going to. Is there's a lot of rumors in Baton Rouge, and I could see Coach O trying to make a run to California before it get out before the posse gets him at LSU. I think they got too much ego. I think they still have too much ego at USC to bring in Orgeron. I I think the fact that he went to LSU and won a national title and the way he played Joe Burrow, you know, what he did there, I think they would let that go. I I think that Ed Orgeron is the next coach at USC. That's my prediction. Yeah. I mean, I do. I think that's who it is. I think it'd be a good hire. He should have got the job when Lane Kiffin got fired. Yes. The players wanted him. The the ex the ex players wanted him. All the guys that were in the NFL, they're like, oh God, you got to keep Coach O. And he won five. He went five. None of the stuff you're saying is wrong, Bo. I agree with you. Yes, but we're talking about USC. It is different. You're right. Themselves on another mantle, another pedestal. I mean, they've been threatening to leave the Pac-12 for years because they're still upset about the Pac-12 ever expanding to Oregon and Washington. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't disagree. They do think they're, you know, they, they're USC kind of has Notre Dame disease a little bit, you know, is what I call. They think they're this is still the seventies, but I and it's a different animal in California. But I do think that there's some people who will say, "Hey, this is a guy who's won a national title. He's been here. People like him everywhere. He can recruit." You know, what's not the like about him being there? I think they. I just I think that's gonna happen. I think he's gonna want to get that, out before the posse gets him to. The thing that Orgeron has going for him in the in that sense is that he is a part of the USC family. Yeah, and that's if you part go of back it. to all the coaches they've had since Pete Carroll, every single one of them has been a former assistant. Yep. And I think that's part of it too. I you know, he had success when he was there. So just a thought. I mean, I'm a coach O guy, so I hope he's not leaving LSU, but uh, he's got to do some work on his offense, don't you? Good God. So, yeah. Uh, hey, one last thing. I was I was watching this earlier. Salvador Perez hit his 45th home run. He tied the major league record, Johnny Bench's record, for most home runs in a season by a catcher. Is Salvador Perez a Hall of Famer? Yes. I do think so, too. Why aren't people well, – I mean, who, he's the most popular guy in Kansas City on that Who team. tried saying he wasn't a Hall of Famer? I thought this was – No, no, no. I'm on the Salvador Perez is this – he and Molina are the two great catchers of their generation. Yes. Yes. I mean, those two are certain Hall of Famers. I think this season just locks it away. Now he has a great number he can throw out there and say – I mean, think about it. If it wasn't – if it wasn't Otani or if the Royals would actually have a decent team around him, we might be talking about Salvador Perez winning an MVP. Yeah. I mean, he's going to finish second, third, or fourth. He'll finish in the top three or four. Right. The MVP. I mean, Otani's going to win it. But, I mean, he'll be right up there. He'll be ahead of, I mean, I think he'll finish third behind Guerrero and Otani. Right. So, I mean, I just, I think of it this way. And, you know, we've lived here a long time, and you lived here for a long time. It's, I don't think. I think he's well-liked. I think he's the most liked player from that generation, honestly. But I don't think people understand how great he is. Um, the people inside baseball know. Oh, yeah. He's one of the most respected dudes in the entire league. 
You can see that just watching the game. Everybody shows their respect. The people that need to know, know. Yeah, I just want to see more fans appreciate it. And, you know, it, it, we all love the guys who throw up, you know, I mean, like we got guys hitting all these dingers. We've got Otani doing with some amazing stuff, but it's really, he hasn't been that good till this season. I mean, he's, yeah. he, he's a fine player before this season. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's been injury playing a couple of years. He's mm-hmm. finally healthy and can do all these things. But, I mean, we don't, we, as baseball fans, we overlook guys like Salvador Perez. You know, he's not, he's not, a, he's never been a flashy guy. He's never been a bat flipper and everything else. He just goes in place every single day. He goes and plays at the position that no one's thankful for playing. He's I think been a part great of it, role though, model to is players in your I think part of what you're looking at, though, is that the game has changed True. in a sense of who these who the fans are and such, yeah. in that you know, the baseball of your generation, the fans of you know, 10, 15 years ago, it was a national sport. Baseball mm-hmm. is a regional sport now. Yeah. And I see that Royals fans appreciate Salvador Perez and they recognize how good he is and you know that he's you know the the face of Royals baseball for this last decade and such you know that he's that dude um but you know when it comes to national popularity it's just not there with this sport right now it is a regional sport that you cheer for your local team and when your team gets eliminated you turn off the tv and you're not watching much of baseball after that you know that's just what the sport's become now that makes sense. I'm with you there. Okay. All right. I'm going to wrap it up. Hey, now usually when I have a guest on Monday show, I ask three questions. I don't know when I'm going to get you on Monday's show. So I'm going to hit you with these right quick. All right. Cause you got to, uh, you know, get down and, you know, personal with me. You got to get me to cry or something, you know, yeah, no, it ain't gonna be like one of those Monday you shows. listen to the pod, you know what they are. So Tyler, if you could well, be the best in the world at any one thing, what would it be? Um, I would be the most wise. Most wise. Okay. What celebrity would you want as your best friend? So Bose asked me this before and he gets pissed when I say it, but I'm <laughs> going to say it anyway. Dave Portnoy. I would love to be friends with Dave Portnoy. I've met him actually a couple of times. And did you get sexually harassed like all the girls do? Hey, hey now, you know, uh, Dave was very nice to me and, and I enjoyed hanging out with Dave and, I would love to be best friends with Dave Portnoy. I, I feel like he would have my back. I would be and just have a we, great time. We know you got his back. So <laughs> <laughs> I knew that you'd answer that because I've asked you that before. Hey, what would your superpower be? Uh, teleportation. Teleportation. I like Be that. anywhere, anytime, whenever I want. Just close your eyes. I dream a genie. Boom, you're there. Huh? Right. All right. All right. Hey, then, Tyler, uh, thanks for jumping in here and helping me out this week. I appreciate it. And then, uh, I end up in, uh, you know, I, we, we were talking to the Jones Sport this week uh, that uh, our Tom Fulbright story this week was Jen Aniston wants to be with just a regular guy mm-hmm. and that she wants a regular guy just ask her out straight up, not doing any of the DMs sliding or anything like that. I could teleport and I could show up to you know Jen's house, you know, that'd be great. I'd be rooting for you. I would. <laughs> I'd be rooting for you. But you know what I would do in the name of the name of this whole production? I teleport Tom over there. <laughs> <laughs> just with, even if he didn't know, just all of a sudden hit a button and boom, he's gone from from pregame in Boise to Jen, outside Jennifer Anderson's apartment in New York City. You know, to see what would happen there. 
<laughs> he he'd be in the friend zone real quick. <laughs> he would have a restraining order. Let's not lie. <laughs> hey, Tommy, I love Jen. You know, she's about the same age as my parents, but I could care less. Yeah, you know, Tom, if you're listening, if you'd have made it to our call earlier, we wouldn't be making fun of you now. So, oh, <laughs> uh, hey. Tyler, thanks again. I appreciate it. I appreciate all the love. I appreciate everything you do behind the scenes for me. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed having you. And uh, I'll see you in a few days when I come on the uh, the Jones Report. Why don't you plug the Jones Report real quick while you're here? The Jones Report, it's a pretty good podcast, if I'd say so myself. Um, We got a new episode out this week with uh, Shannon Spake of Fox Sports. Uh, Shannon covers the NFL and NASCAR does an incredible job and and uh, we had a great chat, and uh, so you'll want to check that out. Available now, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, and uh, give us that five-star review. We certainly appreciate it. New episodes out each and every Thursday yeah. is uh, where you can find the Jones Report. So. Give, give Tyler f- five stars. If you give him four stars, I'll believe you're a hater. So. Yes, um, and I'm also on the uh, the, the, the Twitter uh, yeah. and uh, Facebook at Tyler Jones Live is where you yeah. can find me. Yeah, get on. You Look for that verified. Tyler. Look for the check. Yeah you, get, yeah, you get the blue check. I don't have a blue check. Yeah. They kicked off Twitter once. So then I'm never <laughs> <getting> the blue check. <laughs> so I got to go into hiding. So, um, hey, thanks again, but I appreciate it. And uh, we will see you on the Jones Report next week. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Bob. Thank you. Hey, uh, thanks for joining us this week on the Coach Bono's podcast. I uh, hope you enjoyed the uh, Coach Bo rants and uh, the Godfather Tyler Jones coming in, uh, brag about his uh, fantasy football win, and uh, talk a little sports with us. Uh, catch Tyler Jones anytime on the Jones Report. He is really, really quite good at what he does, and there's a reason he's the Godfather of the podcast network here at the Studio Subbox Network. So uh, thanks again for Tyler, uh, especially for everything you do behind the scenes for me. I really appreciate it, buddy. Hey, but most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Don't forget to rate us, review us, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your pro- your podcasts, we're there. We appreciate your five-star rating. Until next time, I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor, reminding you to do something kind for somebody and to don't forget to be good to yourself as well. See you next time. Thank